You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 49. And today begins the first in a three-part series that I am coming to you to talk to you all about stress. Because this is such a hot topic, I talk to my private clients, my private practice about this almost every day. My friends bring it up. So I thought, okay, I'm going to bring to you easy ways to help you understand what is stress, how do you know if you have stress, and what can you do about it? If you do. So today we're kicking off Stress Hormones 101. And today's episode is being brought to you by our freebie, 70 Ways to Reduce Stress. And you can grab it at www.wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode 49. And again, if you like this episode, please go over to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and pop on into our Facebook group and let us know what you think. So with no further ado, let's dive on into the episode and learn all about Stress Hormones 101. Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint, have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options, and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. Hey there, and welcome back, ladies. So I wanted to dive into a topic today that I get asked about a lot, or a topic that I have to discuss with clients, usually on a daily basis. It comes up in conversation just with my friends. It comes up in conversations with my clients and my patients in my in-office setting all the time. And it has to do with stress. Stress, depression, anxiety, insomnia, any word that you want to think of that conjures up the thought of angst, okay, is what I call stress. So there's some fundamentals to stress. So I thought about what can I do to kind of break it down and make it digestible for you so that you can get a better understanding of all the things that are involved with stress. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about the basics. We're going to start off with stress hormones 101 and talk to you about what are they and how do they affect our body. Then I want to go into acute versus chronic stress and how each affects physical and mental health. And then in next week's episode, I want to talk to you about the 12 signs that you're stressed out and are you dealing with secondhand stress? And then in week three of the podcast, I want to talk to you about how stress sabotages a healthy diet and things that you can do. And to go along with this episode, I'm giving you a great freebie. It is 70 tips to help sabotage, I'm sorry, 70 tips to help you stop feeling stressed out. Simple, simple tips that you can just kind of look at. Maybe some of them you haven't thought about. Maybe some are just going to be refreshers, but I thought it would go great 
with this episode. So you can pick up the freebie at www.wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode 49. And it'll be there that you can get and you can kind of just explore it. And with 70 different ways to help you combat stress, I'm sure that there is one way in that guide that is definitely going to help you to reduce your stress. So get your coffee, get your tea if you're sitting at home. And if you're driving, just, you know, tune it up and kind of just zone into a kind of like a Zen state while you're listening to this, even though you're driving, don't take your mind off the steering wheel and off the road, but just kind of have an open mind because stress is one of those topics that, you know, we get freaked out about, right? And in our society, we are just so prone to it. I guess, you know, it's become a norm. People are existing in stress. They are accepting it as an everyday part of their life. Some of us are, you know, some of you are letting stress run your life and you definitely don't know how to kind of put a halt to it. There's a lot of um, illnesses that are out there now, such as the one that I talked about in a couple episodes ago, uh, adrenal fatigue that is caused by chronic stress. So there's a lot more things that are happening when we are stressed at all the time. And we're going to talk about some of those things in these next three episodes, you know, like how it is to throw out our hormones. How does it throw off our sleep cycle? How does it do damage to our bodies in general? Okay. But today's episode is just going to lay the groundwork and the foundation so that you understand the stress response in your body. And even though I talked about it a little bit in episode number, I think it was, I think it was 45 or 47. One of those, I'll link it in the show notes where I talk to you about adrenal fatigue, I want to go a little bit deeper and really just focus on the topic of stress. Okay. So stress involves the release of hormones that can affect many aspects of our bodies and our minds. So first I want to talk to you about the three major stress hormones. All of them are released by the adrenal gland in response to signals from our brains, the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland that are triggered when you are under stress. Ideally, these stress hormones are supposed to prepare you for a real stressor that you need to fight against or flee from. This is where we got the phrase flight or flight response. Nowadays, there are fewer real stressors and there's more stressors that we can't do anything about. And these stressors are the ones that lead to the release of hormones that cause negative body responses because they stay consistent in the body and result in bodily changes that were evolutionary meant to only be temporary. Okay. So number one, stress hormone. Number one is epinephrine. Epinephrine is released by the adrenal medulla in response to a stressor. If the stressor is a sudden thing, such as, you know, you're trying to avert a car accident, you will feel the effects of the epinephrine, but it goes away when you realize that everything is all right. When the stressor is chronic, however, There is a problem with ongoing high levels of epinephrine that are negatively affecting your body. So epinephrine has the following effects on our body systems. One, it increases heart rate. This isn't a dangerous thing over the short haul, but it's a problem when it results in elevated heart rate over time. The heart eventually becomes stressed and it has to work harder, leading to damaging effects on the heart. Okay a buildup of oxidative stress, which can cause increased plaque, which can cause increased cholesterol. Um, those plaques break off, it can lead to heart attack. So there's a lot of different things. Okay. Number two, 
Epinephrine helps increase muscle strength. This is also good if you are actually fighting a stressor. It is a bad thing, however, when stress is chronic and the muscles are less are left tense and eventually revert to being painful. Chronic muscle tension can lead to headaches and body aches that interfere with the daily living. You know, you ever feel like that tightness in the back of your neck? I know that's where I hold all of my stress. It's right in my neck. And if I'm not doing things to help release it, I can just feel it. I'm driving and I just get this, oh, this pain in the back of my neck and I can feel it really tight and I can get a headache and all those other kind of things. So those are some warning signs. Okay. They can be good temporarily, but they're not good for the long haul. Number three, increased blood pressure. Increased blood pressure is never a good thing when it is chronic. Chronic stress can lead to chronic elevations in blood pressure so that there is stress on the heart that can ultimately lead to heart failure or a heart attack. Okay. And if you're constantly at a job where you're stressed out, or you've got life situations where you're stressed out and your blood pressure is always a little bit on the high side, not a good thing over the long haul. And number two, it shifts blood from one place to another. Under the effects of epinephrine, blood is shunted away from the core of the body and onto the muscles and the brain. This allows you to move faster and be stronger during a fight situation. If you aren't in a real fight situation, the end result is a lack of good blood supply to the digestive tract so that indigestion and gastrointestinal symptoms like cramping, constipation, or diarrhea are the result or can be the result. Now, the next hormone in our Hormones 101 is, is called norepinephrine. And norepinephrine has the effect on the body in the following ways. It increases oxygen to the brain. It causes oxygen-bound hemoglobin to rush to the brain so that you can think clearly under times of stress. Okay? Um, this is good in the short run, but eventually it can also, like epinephrine, it can increase your heart rate. So again, in the short run, it's good, but over time, it is not a good thing. It increases blood sugar. This provides fuel for your muscles in case of a real fight or flight situation. If there is no real fight or flight situation going on, this elevation in blood sugar is unnecessary and you can end up at risk for type two diabetes. Okay. So chronic stress can constantly lead to other things. And lastly, norepinephrine increases breath rate. Sorry about that. I was kind of getting stuck on that word there, breath rate. This can be asymptomatic, but in those who have breathing problems already, it can result in breathing problems and chronic shortness of breath. So in those stressful situations, people who have asthma can have an increase in wheezing. They can have an increase in asthma attack, and they can actually go into a full-blown one where their airways shut down and it can lead to problems. And even you may notice that if you get anxious and you're stressed out, you can have like, you can be breathing really like tachypnic, like really fast. You can have shortness of breath. You can feel lightheaded. You know, your heart's going, all of those things are okay in the short run. If you think about it, but in the long run, having to feel like that on a constant daily basis is really just not good for your body. And the last one, just like we talked about in the adrenal fatigue episode is cortisol. Cortisol is released from the adrenal cortex in response to stress. Cortisol has many effects on the body, including raising blood sugar and suppressing the immune system. These things are good for acute stressors, but bad for chronic stress. This puts infections like colds or flus and all of us at risk for type 2 diabetes. 
Over the long haul, it is not a good idea to have excess cortisol in the bloodstream. But unfortunately, this is the situation for a lot of people who have chronic stress issues. Okay. And we were talking about those chronic stress issues when I talked about the adrenal fatigue issue. You know, it can be financial, it can be relationship, it can be job situation, it can be a health situation. All of those things, you know, are forms of stress. So now I want to move into the second half where we're going to talk about acute versus chronic stress and how each affects physical and mental health. All right. The first one is acute stress. This is stress that gives us the strength to tackle hard things and to deal with all of the negative stressors that face us each day. Acute stress involves dealing with an upset customer, dealing with a driver on the road that has cut you off, or dealing with common relationship issues that come up every day and are resolved. Acute stress has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end. In acute stress, you can identify the stressor and you can, and you can identify how you're going to deal with it. The, the stress can be minor or it can be severe, but your fight or flight response kicks in to take care of the stressor. It doesn't last that long and you soon handle the stressor so that you are back in a homeostasis level with normal levels of stress hormone and a smooth feeling inside that means the stress has been handled. Okay, so that's acute stress. Now moving into chronic stress. Chronic stress seems to have no beginning, no middle, or an end. It comes on and it stays on no matter how you react. Chronic stress comes from bad relationships with chronic infighting, never ending rush hour traffic that comes back day after day after day, and from chronic pressures at work that you can't seem to dig yourself out of. This is stress that brings your heart rate up and your blood pressure up on a chronic or repetitive basis so that you always feel on edge about life and you can't trust your feelings. Chronic stress is much more common, sadly, than acute stress. Chronic stress is a part of most people's lives because we try to fit everything into our life without realizing that there isn't enough time to get everything done. And we put a lot on our plate, especially as busy businesswomen. Okay. We are taking care of our, not only our business, but our family, our friends, extended family. And that's where chronic stress comes into play. And we just take it on as normal. We put ourselves in chronically stressful circumstances in part because it's all around us and in part because we don't realize that we are not in invincible and that we take on things that we shouldn't have to take on a lot of times. Okay. Or we get involved in situations that we really have no business getting involved in. We set ourselves up for chronic stress because we don't really know that it's possible to live well without stress. We just assume that the way that we're feeling and this is it, and we just accept it as normal. We think that chronic stress is the way that everyone lives and we let the stressors of others add onto our own stressors. This is called suffering from secondhand stress. And we're going to be talking about that in next week's episode. Okay. So now I want to just pause for a minute and then I want to talk to you about the function of acute stress and the, and what else we need to do for that. And then I also want to talk to you about chronic stress in today's society. So acute stress is adaptive. It is in place so that we can be aware of dangerous situations around us. And so we can be motivated to handle things that come our way. 
If we don't have acute stress, we wouldn't have the reflexes to avoid the person trying to cut us off on the road, and we wouldn't be able to handle an unruly customer or coworker. Okay. During acute stress, our hypothalamus identifies a stressor and it releases a signal that tells the adrenal, the adrenal medulla to release epinephrine and norepinephrine. These fight or flight hormones allow the blood pressure to go up, increase sugar in the bloodstream for use as brain fuel so we can think clearly and act appropriately, and shunt blood away from the digestive system and other core organs so that it can be used to strengthen the muscles if they are needed to fight or flee from an aggressive situation. Acute stress has a purpose when we are really encountering something dangerous. It is what our ancestors thousands of years ago used in order to survive attacks from dangerous animals or to attack animals for use as food. It was a necessary part of living in the Stone Age when there were real dangers out there and a need to use the fight or flight response on a daily basis. Okay, so now I want to talk to you a little bit about chronic stress in today's society. There are a few real dangers out there and the stress response becomes maladaptive, okay? Because if you think about it, a lot of stress is brought up by fear, which is, you know, things that we conjure up in our brains that are not necessarily there. Fear is false evidence appearing real. And it can be a real feeling. It can be a real thought. That's where anxiety comes up. You know, people have this doom and gloom outlook, like everything is going to go wrong or they're going to die today or somebody's going to die. And it's a constant repetitive thing that goes on in their brains. Okay. But there's really very few real dangers that should cause us to have a real, like full on flight or fight response. For example, we might see our boss as a danger and might feel the fight or flight response whenever we're called into the boss's office. This becomes chronic stress when we begin to worry about the boss, even when they're not around. Or we're thinking about, oh my God, am I going to get called into the office today? Okay. In the case of relationships that are stressful, we are, we are always on guard and always expecting an argument or other type of relationship trouble. We stay in the relationship because we think things will get better or, we'd, or we won't want get any better from someone else. In such cases, we put ourselves in the way of chronic stress without realizing the effect it has on our bodies. Okay, so these are ways I'm talking to you about, you know, how we have this chronic stress that goes on, you know, in the workplace, in our relationships, with other things, money, all kinds of different things. Okay, chronic stress can lead to heart disease and stress on the heart because our heart rate and our blood pressure are always up and the blood sugar is elevated above normal much of the time. Stress contribu contributes to high blood pressure and insulin resistance so that people who live under chronic stress live with the risk of type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is a risk factor for atherosclerotic heart disease, including stroke, peripheral vascular disease, and heart attacks. When we live under stressful situations, we don't know anything different, and we often see the connection between being sick all the time and the stress we're under. We don't see that connection because we just, again, are assuming that it's normal, and it's not. Chronic stress also adds to high cortisol levels. Cortisol is released by the adrenal cortex, and its function is in acute stress is to raise blood sugar for fuel and to reduce the function of the immune system temporarily. When cortisol is continued to be elevated, it contributes to diabetes and to having a higher risk of getting sick from viruses like colds or flus. Cortisol, which is supposed to be helpful to us in the short run, becomes our biggest enemy. It leads to chronic disease that once we get them, we can't get rid of them as easily. 
even when the stress becomes less. So once you have like heart disease or you have diabetes or you have high blood pressure, you can, you know, course correct those things, of course, but you always have them. Once you have diabetes, you can, you know, like I said, you can manage it with diet and exercise and not have to take any medication, but you're still classified as somebody who has diabetes or you're classified as somebody who has heart disease. So why not be preventative in the forefront then, you know, then after then trying to be, you know, proactive once something happens. Okay. A reactive that is. Okay. So what do we need to do? Let's talk about fighting off stress for a few minutes here too. And I'm going to let the jet pass over so we don't hear them. Okay. While we can't reduce all of the stress in our lives, we can do something about coping with chronic stress. We can take the time to exercise, which releases endorphins and makes us feel better. We can practice meditation or yoga in order to help reduce feelings of stress on a daily basis. But most importantly, we can set limits on being around stressful people so we don't get secondhand stress. Okay. There is a lot we can do to decrease the stress in our lives once we recognize it and we do what it takes to eliminate those things that can be eliminated. Using healthy tactics to cope with and things that we can't to avoid them. So here's the thing, ladies, did you hear what I said? One of the most important things is that you have to recognize it. All right. If you're constantly feeling on edge, if you're feeling depressed a lot of the time, if you're feeling anxious, if you have insomnia, then you need to stop and take a few minutes and evaluate, you know, what is going on in your life? You know, what is causing you to be stressed out? What is causing you to have no sleep? What's weighing on your mind? You know, is it your job? Is it your relationship? Is it, you know, your health or what is it? And then try to seek out things that you can do proactively to help you in all those situations. Now, I'm not saying that go quit your job today. I'm not saying to go get a divorce or any of those type of things like that. I'm just saying that the first step to helping ourselves decrease the stress in our lives and in our society as a whole is to recognize stress and what it is and where it's coming from and how it's playing a factor in our lives. And then we can implement small, simple steps and those steps, you know, start with self-care. And that's what I talk about highly, you know, is that as busy business women, we have to start implementing strategies for self-care in order to help eliminate all these. And when you're a busy business woman, you know, and you're an entrepreneur at home and you're trying to get your programs up and running or run a business from home, you know, it's stressful or you're a career woman and you're trying to work your way up the corporate ladder or you've got a huge team to lead. Trust me, those are stressful situations that you're going to be hit with on a daily basis. And if you don't take the time to understand that number one, you're in a stressful situation. Okay. Number one, it's, it's unavoidable, but number two, what can I do about it? So that's what I want you to start thinking about. So today I gave you the fundamentals of what are our stress hormones? You know, how are they impacting our body? And then I talked to you about, you know, acute stress, what that is, short-term, comes and goes, normal, chronic stress, daily, turns into a lot of disease, you know, disease-provoking things. And number three, that we have to stop and formulate a plan. 
we all have stress in our life. Okay. Unless you're sitting on the beach in Hawaii, having somebody peel you grapes and bringing you mint juleps and people singing around you and you've got not a care in the world, you're going to have stress. It's just a normal fact of life, but how we react to the stress and the things that we do to reduce the stress are what are really important. So next week, I'm going to talk to you about, again, the 12 signs that you're stressed out. And then I'm going to talk to you about, are you suffering or are you at risk for secondhand stress that we just talked about today? And what can you do about it? So again, I want you to go and download um, and get our free resource guides, 70 ways to reduce stress, you know, and pick out a few of those ways, keep them in your arsenal and just kind of be on the lookout for the stressors that you come up with on a daily basis and writing them down and then making an action plan of something that you can do to counterbalance that. Because again, it's all about balance in our daily lives. Okay. So go to episode number 49 on our wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode 49 page and grab the freebie and let me know what you think about those. Hop on into our Facebook group at well woman at well woman, healthy lifestyle podcast. And let me know, you know, were the tips helpful? You know, are you feeling stress? Do you suffer from secondhand stress? Do you have chronic stress? Any stress questions that you may have, you know, and let me know out of the guide. Did you download it? Number one and number two, you know, what helpful ones out of the 70 did you like the most? And are you going to start implementing into your regimen soon? Okay. So until next week, ladies, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Have a blessed week and bye for now. The information, including, but not limited to text, graphics, images, and other material contained in the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle podcast is for educational purposes only. The purpose of the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle is to promote broad consumer understanding and knowledge of various women's health topics. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking any new health care regime. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read or heard on one of our podcasts.